Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, it's James and Marco and Nabil, and this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 29. Uh, today, we are going to be going over what we've been watching. We have a quick little news update on kind of the death of Movie Pass, I guess. What's left of it. What's, yeah, exactly. And uh, we will be reviewing the new shark film, or I'm sorry, Megalodon film, The Meg. Uh, but today, we do have something kind of different. Uh, first off, we did kind of going on a hiatus here slightly not too bad yeah, just takes a few days yeah we warned our fans about it yeah we came back and guess what we brought back our friend mikey we found him yep so we have our uh we have our first ever guest first off so michael uh welcome to the movie pals podcast thanks for being our first guest actually yeah thanks for having me yeah so just <laughs> you guys may have seen um Mikey's name before because he's actually in every description of our podcast every single time that we have one because uh, Mikey made our logo. That's right. Very beautiful logo. Mm -hmm. So Mikey, tell us a little bit about you, uh, your film wise, TV wise, what what do you kind of like to watch? Uh, I pretty much watch everything. Uh, If I had a style or, you know, something I was trying to go for, usually a lot of fantasy or uh, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what I gear towards. I like a lot of like makeup and puppetry, so things like Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, the Jim Henson stuff. Yeah, uh, classics. Yeah, those yeah, are great. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and then uh, like Jurassic Park or something like that with like the animatronics. Yeah, those kind of things. Those I kind of gear myself towards those things mainly. Nice. So. Okay. Good no, stuff. I, I, I similar taste as well, of course. Uh, we've known Mikey for quite some time, so he actually went on us with us to on our little summer trip of uh, where we kind of disappeared for the last week or so. The movie pals are palling around. Oh, nice. Yeah, I nice like that. Know. Yeah, we were palling around in San Diego. It was great. Yeah, it was definitely palling around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's go ahead and move on to what we have been watching. All right. Well, it's been a while here, and I know we've all been watching quite a few things. I, for one, can't remember for the life of me what I've been watching for the past month. So we're going to go ahead and start with Nabil. What have you been watching? Well, it's been uh, a little bit to, to kind of uh, catch up on everything that we've been wa- I've been watching. But it is uh, now the return of the season of HBO. And all their their shows That's are starting right. to come oh, they, back. They disappear. They do. They they don't usually have a lot of shows in the summer. Usually one or two, but as soon as the end of summer comes, they start ramping up all their new seasons. Uh, one of the shows I've been watching is a show called Sharp Objects, uh, starring Amy Adams. Uh, she's a reporter who confronts some of her psychological demons. Um, she's got some really deep depression issues um, from her past. Uh, she's actually got to return to her hometown to cover a violent murder, and the uh, town is—it's got a lot of history with her. It's a small town in Missouri that um, everybody remembers her, but knows that she left for the big city in St. Louis to be some big reporter. And these murders are very, 
dark and gruesome. Uh, they're they're murdering little girls, and she's trying to figure out, along with the police, on what's going on. But there's also a lot of because it's a small town, a lot of talk and rumors and speculation on who's been doing it. And so, also because of her past, not everybody's open to talk to her and get her information. And this movie is uh, or this show is an eight part series that is uh, tied to the same writer who wrote the book Gone Girl. Oh, oh nice. Okay. And um, if you if you had read the book or seen the movie, you'll know that it's a pretty dark. Um, well, Sharp Objects is just the same way. It's extremely dark, very gruesome, very graphic. Um, it deals it's, with a it lot. It seems of, a little darker than Gone Girl, though. Oh, much much darker. When I say that Amy Adams has some psychological demons, like it's it's really deep. The, the depression she's had to deal with, the issues that she's gone through in her past, and how she's dealing with the, the uh, issues now, and having to confront everything in her hometown, her relationship with her mom and her family. Uh, it's it gets really rough, and I was I was kind of hesitant oh, to watch it. I mean, it sounds like a kind of rough movie. It is, but, show, sorry. but it's actually also intriguing. Like you want to know who's doing the murders and what's going on, and um, why why the things are going on the way they are, and why the town seems to be a bit silent on who uh, who they suspect is the murderer. Um, so it's a very interesting show. There's still two more episodes left. I think it's only episode six came out last week. So if you haven't seen it yet, I do recommend watching it only, if not for anything, to watch Amy Adams play a kind of a different, darker role. A darker Lois Lane? A very dark Lois Lane. <laughs> but I think it's it's definitely worth a watch uh, just, just for her performance on there. Yeah, I, I've seen the trailer and I'm really interested in seeing this. I've been waiting for it to come out and I know I'm really behind because there are six episodes in, but it's something I'll definitely be watching in the next couple weeks. I'm a huge... Uh, Amy Adams fan, anyway. So yeah, good stuff in the bill. Yeah. Um, the other thing I've been watching as well is uh, I saw a movie that just actually also came out in uh, HBO that I hadn't had a chance to watch in the theaters called Victoria and Abdul. It actually came out in 2017. Uh, it stars uh, Dame Judi Dench and Ali Faisal. Uh, the premise is Abdul Karim, who's played by Ali Faisal. He arrives from India to participate in Queen Victoria, who's played by Dame Judi Dench. Um, her golden jubilee the young clerk which is the clerk who Ali Faisal plays is uh, found to find favor with the queen herself and this is during her older age like during uh, like the 1880s um, up until the end of her life uh, which is 1901 Uh, so Victoria questions some of the constrictions of her long-held position in India um, and she finds some kind of compassion and humanity dealing with Abdul and they kind of form a weird bond together and kind of makes her happy and kind of sees that she's, you know, more not more than just uh, a monarch. And um, he she actually kinda, has a heart. He, she actually has a heart. But he kind of also takes a little bit of advantage of her because of her status. <laughs> like, where are we going with yeah. this? There's no. <laughs> you're, telling me, you're telling me this young man lays the pipe? What are you telling me? You know. It seems that way, um, but it's not. It's never actually implied. So it seems like that he's more just trying to befriend her, and she likes to. Com- and just gotta gain her influence, yeah, basically. essentially. And so he's, you know, obviously getting some money. He's in favor with her, but everybody around her is. Against is it a it. drama overall, or is it it's, kind of? A... It's more of a drama okay. than it is. But it's it is a his. It's something that was only discovered because it is based on a true story. Um, it's a real relationship near the end of her life. And it was actually hidden by the royal family as soon as uh, Queen Victoria died. And um, all the paperwork, everything was written, it was, was destroyed. But 
it was recently uncovered um, Abdul's uh, notes. He kept the journals of of the conversations that they had, the letters, uh, the events that happened, and it just resurfaced like about 10, 12 years ago. And so they made a movie based off of it's, it's all from his perspective, unfortunately. Um, so you don't get anything from her side. But for the most part, it seems uh, pretty legitimate. It, the movie kind of glosses over how much advantage he took over her um, and her status. But um, it is a very interesting take of history to see that an Indian man um, kind of rising up into ranks real quickly um, and finding favor with the queen and being able to use that status and also give her some more purpose in the end of her life. Especially at a time where I'm assuming that England has, it's a, they had, they're ruling over or occupying India at the time. Correct. Yeah. So that's a pretty interesting point in history. Yeah. I know it got nominated for Golden Globe too. So that was almost on my list to watch until I, you know, it didn't get any Academy buzz, but um, no, I've heard, of, I've heard really good things about it though. Yeah. Samir. Performances are really strong for sure. Uh, story. It, like I said, it's very one-sided. So it's, it's more positive than it is negative. They show a couple of conflicts in the relationship, but um, it, it's a bit of a fluff piece and only because it is the royals and they don't want to make the queen look too negative so um, or, or too foolish of anything. But um, definitely an interesting watch, if, if anything, from the historical aspect of it. I, I do give that a recommendation as well. This definitely sounds like a movie you would watch. Definitely. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, that sounds like something to Bill would watch. <laughs> you oh. guys know me too well by now. So what else have you been watching? That's actually it. I mean, that's I haven't been watching too many shows. Um, been been catching up on uh, Ballers just started uh, on HBO as well, called starting The Rock, of course, Dwayne Johnson, and that's on its third season now, I believe. And he's kind of stepped out of the uh, financial group that he was working with and has gone on his own. And uh, this this series just started this season just last week, so. Um, very interested to see where this one goes. They're getting into extreme sports, so we'll see what happens with that. It looks it looks very promising. I'm pretty excited. All right, good stuff. So looks like we'll move on to our guest now, Michael Parkham, and I'm gonna ask you, what have you been watching, Mikey? Uh, you know, uh, I've been surfing around on the uh, the like Netflix and Amazon Prime, uh, the things I'm gonna get try to get my money's worth on. So I've been kind of checking out some of their like their specific movies that are only on those platforms. Like their originals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, nice. right on. Yeah. Uh, so uh, first off, here uh, I have Goliath, Billy Bob Thornton, uh, and he's a lawyer. Um, he kind of has a history with the law firm. Uh, he helped build that law firm, and uh, and he kind of goes away with them. And he finds a case that he goes up to against them. It's just basically how he works against it, um, how against goes kind of basically revenge against his old firm, um, and he has this like ragtag team of people that help him out with the case. Um, it's pretty good. Um, it's kind of slow, um, so I don't know if it's for everybody, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, he's got like this uh, this personality that's really not. It doesn't help him out at all. Oh, so he's Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the same guy he is in every movie. Uh, but uh, Other than Sling Blade? <laughs> yeah. He's got like an explosive personality where he'll just like burst for no reason. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. So right. he's his character from Bad <laughs> yeah. Santa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So Continue. it's kind of the same thing, but it kind of shows the other side of things too. The, uh, the person he's defending, the people that are going through and, uh, and are someone dies basically and they're trying to see if it's suicide or not and the company that's uh that's helping him out or going against him they have a ton of money 
So they're kind of doing things and trying to help him out or like not help him out, but uh, go against him. So they like get police force to like arrest him and stuff like that. So it's it's a lot of stuff that's intertwined. So it's, they, it's they dig up his dirty laundry in order to discredit him. And, and he's got a lot of dirty laundry. Too. Yeah. Uh, so, and this is a few so, seasons in, right? The show already. Uh, the second season just came out. Okay. Yeah, so. Okay. So still relatively new, not too too much to catch up on. Yeah. And this one's an Amazon Prime original. Amazon Prime original, yeah. Awesome. All right. Something something worth checking out. Yeah, definitely. What else have you been watching, Mikey? Um. So on to Netflix. I'm a big Netflix fan. I, I pay for it all the time. Uh, I don't. I don't cheat it out and like get my friend's code or anything like that. Oh, but slow, I, <laughs> slow the fuck down. What do you mean by that? Uh, so you I don't play the system, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I hear you. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of their originals, and uh, I watched The Sinner recently. Um, it's Jessica Biel, Bill Pullman. It basically kind of follows her like mental path. Some tragedy happens, or she does something in the very first episode. And the rest of the the uh, season is basically just kind of following her, and she's trying to figure out herself what happened. She's kind of like broken, and so like amnesia or something, right? Uh, kind of, yeah. So okay. like she kind of blocks it out. So they have like therapists and come through and help her mm. out, try to remember. And then they like it's more like traumatic traumatic blocks. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So you're kind of figuring things out. So it's kind of like a mystery or like a thriller. And so you're figuring things out as she is. So I kind of like the perspective they used. It's pretty nice. Uh, I liked this a lot. Um, I have a couple friends that watched it with me, and they didn't like it at all. But I enjoyed it a lot. I, I I've heard it. good things about it actually. Yeah. And they just uh, started season two, I believe. Right. Yeah. Just to confirm, it is on USA Network season oh, okay. two. So yeah, good stuff. All right, James. What have you been watching lately? So actually, just like Marco, I watched a ton of stuff right before we did our um, Mission Impossible marathon. Uh, unfortunately, that was a month ago, so I don't <laughs> quite recall what I watched either. I'm not alone. I wanted you to. We're all prepared. I know, for right? It. I wanted to really jump into that and kind of talk about like all of these movies, and I was really excited. But um, recently, I'll say I started watching the new season of Better Call Saul. Awesome. Uh, it's a continuation uh, season. I want to say this is season four. 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 Season yeah. four. Season four, which is pretty awesome. I think it's, at this point, it's almost as good as Breaking Bad, I think. I have to agree. Two, the first season of Breaking Bad. Are you getting any closer? I'm not sure, actually. I don't want to ruin that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's yeah. le- it's definitely leading up to that with the events. Yeah. But um, it's it's hard to believe that it's four seasons now. It, it feels like the, the show just came out like just like a couple years ago. But it's so good and impactful that it's, yeah, it's time flies. It's just Bob Onikirk. It's Paul Good. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, Saul Goodman. But I mean, he doesn't even go by the name. It's really Jimmy still in this one. So he hasn't become the character yet. Technically, he's just slipping still. Jimmy. Yeah, he's like it's it's still leading into that kind of character. So. As of right now, I know. And I know, Mikey, you said you've never seen it, right? Yeah, I've never seen it. Have you watched... Did you watch Breaking Bad? Oh, I've seen all the Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. so if you like Breaking Bad, I would definitely highly recommend take, taking a look at this one. It's um, it's a good continuation, a good spinoff, and it's a lot better than you think. Yep. Yeah, I've heard good things. Yeah. Highly recommend it. I'm also uh, just started, I want to say season seven of Venture Brothers. It might be eight. Nobody goddamn knows. Oh, they take too much... Too, they take too long <laughs> in between long these fucking seasons, man. dude. Uh it's funny. It's just that it's so hard for me to, without having to rewatch 
every episode before to remember two and a half years later what the fuck was going on. When oh, I was I've been waiting for the show to end so I can just binge through all of it on uh, Netflix. Uh, I will say that this one is an easier watch overall because I guess I just remembered the last season a lot better. But it has been like literally two years since the last season premiered. So uh, wow. if you don't know, Venture Brothers is a cartoon that is on Adult Swim, which is Cartoon Network at nighttime, basically. And the show itself is a... Oh, at this point, it's really hard to actually explain what it's about. It's technically <laughs> a parody slash offshoot of Johnny Quest. Anybody if Johnny remember, Quest yeah. was a older adult and also... Roided l- out. L- lives in the past <laughs> in a way. And I mean, there's so much more to it. It's basically <laughs> one of those kind of adult cartoons. And um, there's recurring characters and it's kind of like a spy science versus kind of... I, it's, like I said, it's hard to explain. It's like an adventure bit. cartoon. There's like a bag full of adventures, and I've seen like episodes here sporadically. Like I haven't seen like a full season, uh, like straight up. But the episodes that I have seen, it's it's very entertaining, very hilarious. If you're into like super raunchy and inappropriate comedy, oh, then yeah. then this is for you. I'd I'd say it's like I like shows like Archer that really push the line um, and have that adult oriented comedy and a, a bunch of like innuendos in there I, i'd say the show's for you yeah it definitely has a lot of that so i i'm pretty sure how many have seasons have you seen though Nabil? i i've seen i think the first four five, maybe? four five, or five, five seasons <laughs> there's a lot yeah. i mean it's hard yeah. to remember because there's thinking about too many episodes, of them man. it's like shit um other than that i started a new show a couple weeks back called castle rock uh which is the sh- it's actually exclusive on hulu it's a Stephen King-based kind of show, meaning that it takes place in the Stephen King universe of like his books and stuff. And it's an original story, but it uses um, characters and places and events from all his books, which is kind of nuts because that's quite a bit to draw on. So basically, it's it, it's kind of hard to explain what it's exactly about, too. Look at me, just watching confusing shows. Right? <laughs> it's one hundred percent original, right? Like, there's, yeah. it's, it just uses uh, adaptations from Stephen King's books. Does Stephen King right. write this? Uh that I do not know. Actually, I think it was just on a basis of everything that he's done. Wow, I know he's an executive producer too. Yeah, the Bill stole that. my question, but it's okay. <laughs> I know, right? He's great, like, great minds, Marco. Great minds. <laughs> he's like, yeah, let me add on to that. By the way, uh, it's about a guy named Henry Dever. Uh, Dever, sorry, he goes back to his hometown after a. How do I not ruin this entire show? <laughs> a well, warden everybody. at Shawshank Redemption. Not Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Prison <laughs> kills himself, and a young man is discovered in a area of the prison, caged up, and that's played by uh, Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise the clown in it. Uh, the dancing clown. That's yes. a very meta. So this movie. he's discovered, and he just keeps saying Henry Deaver the whole time, and eventually Henry is a lawyer. And one of the guards from Shawshank calls him to tell him, like, hey, this kid's saying your name. So he shows up to represent him and discovers a plethora of secrets and horrors. That's all I'll say. Wow. You, there's a lot of jumping in that, and I'm intrigued. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that, though. Yeah. There's also one of his friends has, like, The Shining um, from, like, the childhood. So she has the ability to kind of tell how people are feeling. Uh, the sheriff from the stand is like a main character too. So oh, that's so there's awesome. a lot of shit going on. Like I'm not gonna ruin it past that. 
So, I've heard really good things about it. Oh, too. yeah. Um, it took about three episodes, truthfully, to really get into it, though, Mikey. It just premiered episode six, so I just watched it t- today, actually. Um, I'm supposed to be working. Right? Oh, is it doing the <laughs> weekly <laughs> premiere? It's a weekly one? Yeah. It, it premiered the first three episodes right off the bat, and then every Wednesday there's an episode. Uh, it's only going to be ten episodes, I believe, so there's four more episodes. That's about the same length as uh, 11, 22, 63. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, the shorter episodes, too, than that show. They're about 40 minutes long. Um, the nice thing about it, though, is because it still borrows from it, there's a lot of Easter eggs. So if you're a Stephen King fan, I would definitely recommend taking a look at it because there's a lot of cool little uh, nods and uh, Easter eggs for all his books and films. So it's really cool. Nice. Well, now that I'm back from gallivanting around from with these uh, handsome three gentlemen, <laughs> I guess I can catch up and actually start watching the shows that I want to see. And yeah, this definitely. is definitely one of them. I need to get on those Marvel shows on Netflix, but that's another story. Uh, lastly, one movie I did remember that I saw before uh, our Mission Impossible marathon was uh, Mikey and I actually saw Unfriended Dark Web, which oh, is <laughs> by uh, Mikey's little ugh. You can probably tell what's going on there. Uh, it's terrible, by the way. So this is a sequel to the 2014 film, which is actually a good movie, by the not way. Not bad. Yeah. Um, I keep hearing that. Yeah, but it's, it's not bad. Me, it's hard for me to buy into that. No, it takes place all on like the screen of a of a, Skype. Of a laptop yeah. for Skype, 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 Skype. <laughs> and basically, this movie is about kind of the same thing. There's really not much that happens in this movie. So a guy finds a laptop and basically uncovers a dark web? Question mark. Much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's poorly acted. I didn't care about it. When people started dying, I actually was like, thank fucking God. <laughs> it's only like an hour and 25 minutes, but it feels like it's two and a half hours. Oh, At times, I told worse. Mikey, I was like, dude, this needs to fucking end. Yeah. It was bad. So it's supposed to be a horror film. It actually has a twist that makes the movie worse somehow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. When they reveal the twist, I, I didn't even, it doesn't even actually make any sense. I was like, that's kind of dumb. Yeah, I was a little angry at that actually. Like the twist they put, I was like, "Why, really? Like, why would they do that?" I, it, because the first movie has a sort of demonic kind of uh, undertone to it. It's actually a true horror film. This one is not. I'll just let you know right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're telling me is that I should go rent this movie right now? No, you shouldn't I, see this. I mean, uh, so this if is movie pass. A... Maybe lets you do it one day. You might be. I mean, <laughs> shot in oh, the dark. Man. Maybe uh, we'll get to that. And I mean, underlined maybe, but more than likely, probably not. So it's not even a so bad that it's good kind of. No, movie. it's terrible. I would give it like one out of four, one out of four or five stars, whatever I do. Jeez, with like fifteen hundred reviews, you'd think I'd know how many stars they do. But I think I've actually seen something get a half star before. So maybe I've given that. something a half star. I've yeah. seen three and a half at Billy Elliot. So because apparently that's James's ratings. So. Wow, wow, look at that! We're just bringing up old films now. <laughs> Anyways, that's all I've been seeing. What about you, Marco? Uh, well, as you all know, Billy I'm, Elliot. <laughs> yeah, Billy Elliot is definitely something I've been Great watching. Movie, guys. Just as James said, I've been kind of forgetful because it's been quite a busy month. Uh, but a couple things that I do remember, one of which happens to be a recommendation from a friend. And she knows who she is. And basically, I ended up watching a Spanish comedy western on YouTube. It was a free <laughs> free movie on there. I know. Wow, Wait, say intense. that again? It's a Spanish comedy western. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, the movie's called Charito. Or in Spanish, Charito. Charito. It's a 1984 movie directed by Roberto Gomez Bolaños, who in Mexican comedy, he's known as the infamous Chespirito. 
which was a famous character from a show of the same name that uh, basically had a bunch of uh, serial sketches on it, similar to like SNL type type of comedy sketches. But anyway, he branched out and I guess directed some movies and this is one of them and I decided to give it a chance because I'd seen him and many of the characters in this movie uh, perform on TV shows for a good majority of my life, along with probably many other Spanish speakers. Some of you probably out there have as well. Uh, the movie is basically about a Western movie that's being made and suffers a tremendous amount of setbacks due to the fact that the actor portraying the villain is clumsy as fuck and <laughs> is just ruining the entire set. Uh, as well as a greedy sheriff who won't allow the director to film in his town without extorting him. That's the basic premise of the of So it's movie. a Western about a movie it, that they're making that's a Western. That, that's why it's a comedy Western. It's a comedy movie about a Western movie being made that's in quote-unquote modern times. That's a pretty funny premise. So yeah, it's, it, it's pretty funny. Um, but basically, Roberto Gomez, Bolaños plays... Chirito, the main character uh, in the title of the movie. Florida Mesa plays the sheriff's daughter. Maria Antonieta de las Nieves plays Estrita Perez. Ruben Aguirre plays the director. And Raul Padilla plays the sheriff. And I gotta tell you, the movie's pretty crazy. And it's silly. It's, it's got a lot of classic uh, Mex Mexican slapstick humor with, like, you know, people falling, shit falling on them and stuff like that, along with some witty banner, which if you speak Spanish is pretty funny. Uh, Roberto Gomez is actually pretty hilarious in this movie, and he's just a walking calamity. And the the what makes it funny is the fact that the guy has this face where he's just so innocent, but at the same time, he looks like completely lost. <laughs> And it, it just adds to the comedy is because this every like, time, like slapstick humor or physical humor, what is yeah, this? Yeah, it's like physical slapstick humor, That's, and okay. and also like a lot of witty banter because when he does something stupid, like some of the other characters around him are just talking shit about him, and they're just saying like a bunch of shit. Is it kind to of him. Three Stooges like, I guess. Uh, kind of sounds a, like a, it. a bit, kind kind of, yeah, to a point. And then when he does something and he and he says something stupid, the other characters will say something, and they're they're talking like bad about him but he won't realize it because he's just he just so it just goes over his head this it sounds like a hybrid of like three amigos three stooges and mr magoo uh wow that's a pretty interesting <laughs> wow. combo but I, I you know what it's hard for me to disagree with that assessment the uh, nice. the director is also pretty funny because he's disgruntled as hell and the way he just like cusses up a storm whenever uh, Charrito messes up is also hilarious because his producers right behind him telling him, "Hey man, this is costing us a lot of money." And okay. he's just like, he's a penny pusher. And the director's always like, "Everything costs money, bro." So, <laughs> so that part's also pretty funny. Eventually, the film gets all but ruined, and the director saves it by eventually just turning it into a spoof of itself. And it ends up being considered a hit in a new artistic version for the movies. <laughs> but the spin is that it was only, it was only like possible due to the fact that Charito was part of it right. and his like bumbling antics added to it. So, and then the joke at the end is that the studio wants to make like a series and like a whole bunch of sequels, Franchise but Charito retires. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, anyway, I like the film. If if you're of Latin descent or you speak Spanish and you like uh, Spanish humor, this might be for you. Again, it's free. It's on YouTube. You can find two versions of it, a really shitty version or an HD version. Why you would want to watch the shitty one, I don't know. But, hey, everyone's up to their own preference. Some people can't tell the difference. Exactly. <laughs> We've talked about this. Yeah. Huh? Well, the HD one does have, like, some ads on there that pop up out of nowhere. Which, If you can ignore YouTube it, that's right? fine. So, whereas the shitty one doesn't. So, aside from that. <laughs> well, before, uh, before we go into the next one here, uh, for us non-Spanish speakers, is there subtitles or anything? Uh... I probably if you buy the DVD, if it's even okay. on DVD, <laughs> you know you could probably find it on VHS or uh, Beta. So oh, nice, baby. yeah, you probably have to find the version with subtitles. Though. I'm sure, kids, you don't know what that is. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, or you know what? If you go to uh, like a Mexican market where they have like DVDs there, you could probably find it in there too. All right. Yeah. It sounds uh, difficult. That sounds like a no lot joke. of work. <laughs> they do sell old DVDs. Sounds there. like a lot of work to see. Uh, you know this Spanish or you don't. That's really what I'm. Hearing. Yeah, yeah. So all you Spanish speakers out there, the five of you that listen to us, <laughs> check it out. Uh, aside from that, I've ended up watching the latest installment of the Indiana Jones series, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I know that's a, a hot button for many people because it was, I guess, highly controversial. Um, so, I remember at the time, I mean, still people always are like, "That's the that one's not part of the, yeah, the movie." It's, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it didn't have as big a split as the Last Jedi, but it, it at the time, it damn near kind of did, from what I heard at least at the time. So, for those of you who have been asleep for the past thirty years, uh, Indiana Jones is basically uh, the series is about the character uh, Henry, quote unquote, Indiana Jones. Um, who is an archaeologist and a professor that gets himself in random adventures by discovering uh, mythic ar- artifacts, uh, including items like uh, the Ark Holy of, Grail. Ark of the Covenant. Exactly, the Ark of the Covenant, so on and so forth. The crystal skulls. Yeah, and in this case, <laughs> yeah. in, in this one, um, the movie was directed by uh, Steven Spielberg. It takes place in 1957, so many years after the original movies, and just like in real life. And Dr. Henry Indiana Jones uh, finds himself being called back in action and entangled in a Soviet plot to uncover the secret behind a mysterious artifact known as the Crystal Skull. Uh, It stars Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones, Kate Blanchett as the main villain, Irana Spalko, a less crazy Shia LaBeouf as Mutt Williams, and I shit you not, that is really his name in the movie, Mutt Williams. Uh, kind of ironic. <laughs> Karen Allen uh, reprising her role as Marion Ravenwood from the first installment of the Indiana Jones franchise, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I gotta tell you, I liked the movie. And I know that's not a popular opinion, but I, I don't give a shit. Like it's my opinion. I, I, I didn't think it was the best of the Indiana films, but... Going back and and kind of skimming through some of the other movies, which are available on Amazon Prime, which is where I saw this movie, by the way. There, I mean, it, it meets the caliber of silliness and comedy that the others in, include in in their installments. I mean, I watched the beginning of The Last Crusade, and I really couldn't distinguish between like the comedic actions of that one and this one because I mean, these movies they're made to be silly. They're made to 
bring out the imagination in us. And most of all, they're made for kids, guys. Come on, really. Like, we're all adults. Our taste in comedy's probably changed. But for me, Ford still nails the charisma of Indiana Jones. There's a specific scene where it's like a main chase scene, and they're being chased by the Soviets. And Indiana Jones has a conversation with uh, the guy, Mac, who betrays him, and he just punches him in the face in the middle of a conversation. I was like, that's classic indie. So, I mean, there's stuff like that. Uh, Shia LaBeouf was a little over the top with his tough guy act, but was still, you know, this. Still tolerable. This is like Shia LaBeouf at his all-time like sellable point too. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I mean, the, the characters aren't perfect. They're kind of silly, but I mean, that's what this franchise brings out. So, if you want to be a completist and finish the the series up to now, then I recommend watching it on Amazon Prime if you want to, or if you want to rent it, um, or if you're a true Indiana Jones fans, just I mean, give it a shot. I don't think it's that bad a movie. I think yeah, it's good. Liked it. yeah, don't get me wrong; it gets ridiculous with like the fucking ants and closing the swinging. The, closing and... Uh, closer to the end of that film is where it starts going a bit off the rails. A, a little bit, but... and the big reveal to me was not that big of a deal. Yeah. No. I mean, if you believe in all the magic artifacts and shit like that from the first three movies, and the, the reveal kind of for the this thing, is too right? much for you, that's yeah. where you draw the line. I'm like, Come I on. mean, I remember. I think this was also during a time when people just wanted to hate on George Lucas too. True. Yeah. Um, I remember people like. Getting pissed off that he put goes in like the fridge in the beginning, which technically wouldn't save you from a nuclear blast. But I mean, <laughs> okay, so guys, uh, that's everything we've been watching. So uh, we're all caught up there finally. I know it was a little more random, but um, nice. We had a little combination of a little bit of everything there. Let's move on now to what's in the news. What's in the news? So as we talked about a little earlier uh, in the show, the that movie pass is uh, basically on its last leg. Actually, maybe, no, maybe it's not us. on its last leg. Yeah. It's lost all its legs, and now it's flaming up in the air trying for somebody to come and grab it, pull it out of the water, and it's not happening. I'd say that's a more accurate yeah. assessment And first of the off, let's start off by saying, I think up until this point, we've mentioned movie pass in maybe every podcast, all 29, <laughs> plus the three or four secret ones. And the majority of the time, it was in positive light up until recent events. Yeah, no, I mean, once again, Nabil, maybe if they had sponsored us. <laughs> I know, it could have helped them out. Well, so so here here's the deal. MoviePass has been going through a lot of changes. They have no money. Nice. You'd be like, move past shit its pants, guys. I mean, yeah. They they borrowed some money because they were struggling because their business model was very flawed. As we they ran out of wait, money. Wait, 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 whoa, wait, whoa, wait, whoa, wait. Whoa. They didn't even have a business model to begin with to build. <laughs> Nothing that could actually Don't give make them too money. much credit. Right? They actually literally uh, ran out of money. Yes. They're completely out of money. Um, they've been changing around their service every few days really not even every week <sighs> every hour um on, yeah. on what is happening first limiting a uh, blockbuster films that they can actually see to not letting them see same day release or newly released films until a short period of time um limiting how many movies you can see in an actual month changing the price up and down creating surge pricing um i think as of this recording and it could change it, it um, could because i'll, you, I'll let you right now true. boys and girls i won't have this podcast out till probably friday <laughs> <Yeah>. or saturday <laughs> it's right now 9.99 for a subscription allowing you to see three movies a month and um that doesn't include blockbusters there are a certain set of films that Supp- you can okay. watch yeah and to the, give you the, list the set online. of films now are set up that per week they have it on their website like they put them in a rotation quote-unquote rotation so you can go and see like which six movies are it's six movies per day. 
And uh, blockbuster films, aka new films, aren't shown for the first two weeks. Um, I'm like tiring myself out. That, that's just that's about how long movies stay in theaters now. Right. Though, I mean, weeks. Black Klansman, they just pointed out, will not be even on Movie Pass because it'll be gone by the time uh, the rotation's up in the two weeks. On top of this, uh, they still have it where you can use the e ticketing. And that's only at Landmark Films. Which is but, the wait, only but wait, wait a minute. You said you had to look up the movies on their website, so they won't even come up. I want to say yet. it's coming to that. Yeah, I'm sure it'll I come up to the app, but right now it's only on their website. The e-ticketing does still work, but I mean, I've never used it. It's only in select areas because Landmark has a deal with them, so you can actually watch any movie with it under that. So, so it comes down to this. Do you guys even think it's even worth it at this point? It's still a good deal. I'll tell you this. If you are not trying to see Blockbuster films, uh, You guys can't see it, but I'm giving it to build the crazy eyes right now. <laughs> yeah. It, for the, the price, fuck? you're still saving money on movies as a whole. Um, if you're, especially if you're not an avid moviegoer, you're, you're not having to spend a $15 sometimes on movie tickets. As long as you're willing to wait, then it's not that big of a deal. The thing is, is that there are so many changes and they're so inconsistent. You really don't, you can't really trust that they're going to be reliable enough to, to I think honor I, that. it's it's easier to keep track of the stock market right now than it is yes. to keep track of <laughs> like as, the, the stability of movie pass as of today they traded at five cents which is not tradable so so um, right, uh let's ask our guests mikey what are what are your thoughts of, of these changes in the service thus far if you can work your schedule around just being available whenever the hell you need to be. Bullshit. It'll be good. <laughs> but no one's going to be able to kind of right. adjust their schedule enough to actually use this to be worth it, in my opinion. I mean, so I think Mikey's saying if the stars align at the right point with the sun and the planets, then maybe <laughs> it's a, a movie lot of, that you want to see will be available. Yes, to go exactly. through just to see a movie now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, definitely first world problems, right? But I mean, yeah. Well, f- compared to other services that are almost about the same price or right. just a little more where you can go and see any movie. It, they're making it really hard for people like us, especially because we like to review a movie for you guys within the week that it's out to see that kind of movie or even I mean, you would really have to schedule ahead of time big time now. So like I want to see a movie with one of you guys maybe the latest week and now we we can't yeah, because right. that Tuesday showing is showing only these six films. And by the way, uh, Nabil didn't mention it. It's also certain times too. They're right. not doing every time. Yeah, they're, it's and see they're, that they're quote unquote uh, evaluating time. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, and see James mentioning other services. That's what I wanted to segue to is that it would be a good deal if there weren't other services that are so much better than this that offer many more benefits without surge pricing without uh blackouts as far as like what movies you can and can't watch that that take away all the headaches and hassle because it, it, that's the whole point of offering these services to, to get away from those headaches and hassles and give you a service that's actually worth paying extra for you know i will i will say in movie passes defense as per the recent notice, Jesus. none of the changes cut, are, cut are happening anymore, and they're going to keep it stable. But again, who knows? But if anything, uh, this whole service has done for the movie industry is at least shake it up to force uh, big theater chains to have the similar models. Like you said, different things like AMC with the, the three movie pass, their uh, A-list program, Cinemark with their pass, uh, movie yep. club pass. Um, and then the one that James and Mark are, are, and I believe you, Mikey, as well, are using yep. Cinemark. Cinemia, which is which we've mentioned on this podcast before as well, which is a similar program. Um, speaking of which, I think 
James and Mikey, you've actually used the service now. I use yeah, it. Yeah, tell so us far. about that. Yeah. yeah, I haven't done it yet. Um, so, uh, me and Mikey went and saw the Meg. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, uh, we saw it on IMAX, actually. Uh, Mikey didn't use it yet. I used my Cinemia Pass, and I got into the movie for free, pretty much. Well, because I paid so, $13.99. I, I did a promotion. It's $13.99. Um, so how difficult month, was it? I, well, I think use. it's it jumped up, so I think it's fourteen ninety nine now. But they're still doing the. They have different tiers summer. too. Yeah. Just to let you know. So Cinemia S I N E M I A dot com. Check it out. Yeah. Um. Basically, to answer to Bill's question, it wasn't hard to use. It is a little more advanced than I say for over MoviePass because the way that they have it, it's a cardless like interaction where you use another website to buy a movie. Uh, you can use like Adam tickets, uh, movietickets.com. You can even use Vandango actually too. That's pretty good. But uh, basically, you tell them what you're seeing, what time, and then it kind of calculates how much you're supposed to charge. It gives you like a digital card to use, and then you plug it into that site and just buy the movie, the ticket basically. So I mean, yeah, you're going back and forth between an app and an, uh, a third. I guess technically a third party. Um, well, if you have both apps, you just switch between yeah. the two. Yeah, it wasn't hard at all. Just let you know, and it's awesome that for only at least for mine with thirteen bucks a month. Oh yeah, so it's fourteen ninety nine. Mikey's yeah. showing me it's, it's currently fourteen ninety nine. So people have probably been jumping ship, but for for me, for instance, fourteen fifteen bucks a month. Uh, IMAX where we live is already eighteen dollars. Just yep. to let you know. So you already got your money's worth. The fact that I can do IMAX, three D movies, uh, normal movies, and then I can go off and um, use and reserve a movie ahead of time is absolutely amazing. Yeah. So and they, they have why would I too. fuck with Movie Pass? Exactly. Kind of what I'm getting at. Well, and, yeah. If you don't care about IMAX or uh, you know some of the other like three D or anything like that, I mean, two movies a month, eight bucks. So, and that's any theater, any movie. That's so, I mean, great. That's, that's good too. As good as you know the ten dollars. And at least there. if you want to see, for instance, like this weekend, it's uh, Crazy Rich Asians, and then also um, Alpha, I guess. Um, yeah. You could see those this weekend. And you if you're a real stickler, they have one for one ticket, and I think it's four ninety nine right yeah. now. I so five, you like, you see like movie five bucks, one movie a month for five bucks. Three bucks or three ninety nine. Oh wow, three ninety nine! Look at that. So, see, and, and the, these are the types of things that I think are are what what I mean by saying like, movie pass is fucking done. And also on top of that, I don't know, we're advertising the fuck out of Cinemia, but whatever. Uh, they have family plans too. So, to for that, instance, yeah. if Nabil wanted to take his wife, they could set it up where they have a two ticket a month kind of a ordeal, and it's actually overall because I bet. Before movie pass, I can only imagine going to the movies is itself expensive as hell. So why right. why go to the film, uh, see something in the theater when you can just wait to rent it? I'm assuming yeah. this makes it a lot more, um, I think, kind of affordable to do something like that. So hey, you know, if uh, Cinemia wants to sponsor us, <laughs> I'm just saying we're <laughs> not against it. Movie pass is jumping chips. Sorry, movie pass. Yeah. Um, last little note on this one. I know we're taking a little more time, but just as a final thing on movie pass, I just feel kind of betrayed by them in general. The way that they handled this whole situation was poorly done. I don't know who their like person does PR or anything for them, but they did terrible. I think. Yeah. Because we found out from other third parties changes yep. before they would announce them, and then we yeah. get some bullshit email that it just sounds like a bunch of excuses. Like two or three days later. No, and. Not not to mention, remember we got the email last week, and yeah. then out of nowhere, they're like, we're going to get better, and then, oh, wait, by the There's way. There's a, a news article that just came out <laughs> right after. And then, like, no, now it's two movies. Oh, now it's three, but now it's 14, now it's 10. It's like, dude, what the hell is going on? You I broke my that's... heart, movie pass. You, you broke my heart, Fredo style. 
take us to Miami in an hour, all right? Don't make a big thing about it. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. <laughs> well, that's kind of like, I don't mind the changes, right? Just tell me you're going to be changing them. Yeah. Uh, and not don't change them a million times. So yeah, I mean it's had like six or seven changes in this last. And those one are official. Long. We're not even talking about the rumors that kept coming in and out before they announced it. Like these are emails that are sending out to all their subscribers yeah. and telling them, "Hey, here's this change." And then the following week, the next change. Right. Actually, so, we're gonna and, and see, erase that. Yeah, we're not against changes. Most services change over the years but many of them change for the positive and not the negative or I they mean, intentionally like disrupt your service when you have not announced that you're not going to allow them to watch yeah. blockbuster films and it's friday night and you're trying to see mission impossible and your app isn't working for some reason you know like and you're doing it intentionally I know the feeling man that's that's those are <laughs> those are the ways to lose customers and as great as like i said they were doing to shake up the industry they're not helping themselves in any way to 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 be a successful business. Yeah. So uh, take a look at Cinemia. Take a look at AMC A list. Take a look at the Cinemark Movie Club. I'm. There's probably gonna be more coming out. More like like Nibble said, it kind of started a trend with these kind of movie clubs, which is kind of cool because the uh, movie watching, as everyone knows, has been in a decline the last couple of years. So yeah, if we can take some good out of the whole movie pass ordeal. It's that they changed the game and yeah. maybe even for the better. I fell on the sword for the rest of them. True. Yeah. Yeah. Saved about 500 bucks regardless. So, review, <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. Let's move on now, guys, to our main review here of The Meg. What you people discovered is bigger than we ever thought possible. How big is that thing? It was the largest shark that ever existed. A living fossil. Thought to have been extinct over two million years. Wrong. Megalodon. All right, so guys, the Meg, I'll give you a little IMDb description here. After escaping an attack by what he claims was a 70-foot shark, Jonas Taylor must confront his fears to save those trapped in a sunken submersible. That's not even really the plot, actually. Not That's a close. terrible thing. IMDb, you gotta check this shit. All right, guys, so this was directed by John Turldob. Um, you know what? He made a couple of films here. Back in 92, he did Three Ninjas, 93, Cool Runnings, 95, While I Was Sleeping, 96 phenomenon yeah he did that one weird right and then 2004 he did national treasure including the uh sequel in 2007 so some pretty good ones in there yeah and actually strangely enough he did sorcerer's apprentice in 2010 so obviously this guy either was into the 90s to the max or loved nick nicholas cage basically so and then he also did the meg right i know which kind of if you think about it after you've seen this film i'll keep in line kind of Makes you realize maybe why the film's the way it is. But that's not a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, this stars Jason Statham as Jonas Taylor, Bing Bing Lee as Suyin, Rain Wilson as Morris, Cliff Curtis as Mac, and Winston Chow as Zhang. Uh, quick little circle around here, guys. Uh, yay or nay? Did you like the film or no? Starting with Marco. I gotta say, yay. This movie was ridiculously fun. Stupid as all hell, but fun nonetheless and that's including the fact that i had a minor incident in the theater that i was watching but 
I'll save that for another story. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I thought it was what it, it is what it advertised to be. I got what I saw from the trailer nice. and from the ads. And being a fan of cheesy sci fi channel movies like Sharknado and uh, a plethora of other ones that they've brought out, I see that these guys knew their, their niche market and were like, we're going to make this movie with a big budget and cater it to all those sci-fi channel watching fans that watch these types of movies. And that's what they did, and I liked it. Nice. Uh, what about you, Mikey? Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agree. Uh, I, I feel like I watched the trailer, and I knew exactly what the movie was going to be when I went and watched it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Uh, and like he, like he was saying, he, you just get what you expect, and it's just good all the way through, I thought. Oh, nice. And noon to Bill? Well, I just have to say that this film is going to kill in China because they made sure that uh, the Chinese were very involved in this film and prominent here, which is great for them for this movie to make money. The movie itself, I mean, I didn't hate it. Um, it would have been great if it was like a network made the TV movie, like on ABC or NBC or something like that. Um, don't you know if it needed to be a big today. budget film. I'm not that into shark films. So okay, I, that makes sense. I wasn't really going in with high expectations or low expectations, really. Um, but I thought Jason Statham was great, so you know, can't hate on him on this movie. That's for sure. Uh, the star of the movie was the shark, Nabil. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we were Meg. we were the Meg that they by... immediately move into calling the Meg. I'm exactly. Like, oh, just cool with just, that? oh, that's a short name now. Okay, cool. It's Megalodon. <laughs> How about you, James? Uh, yay! Actually, I like the movie. It's nothing to blow your load about, but. It's definitely one of those movies that, like you guys said already, you know what you're... Like, no one went into this, like, I can't wait for this serious shark film <laughs> about them discovering a long ancient... They tried, though. They tried to make it serious. I'll give them kudos Truthfully, for that. Truthfully, the, the setup mm. to the movie does a decent job. Like, it could have been just, like, he pops out of nowhere. Yeah. So the origin story, it was like, okay. But, I mean, believable? Nah, there, there, really. were some, there were some shout-outs to Jaws in there. But, yeah. I, I, Nabil, in answer to what you said, I think I felt the movie was a little self-aware. Like, it knew what it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely knows what it is, you know? <laughs> um, which is funny, because I've never seen any sci-fi show or movies, so I I still liked it, though. So yeah. I've never seen Sharknado. All and five of them. Are <laughs> There's great. a lot. Uh, or Sharktopus. Uh, I've oh, seen, yeah, I've seen photos of the Sharktopus, and it's intrigued me. But that's, a, that's just a poster or something, you know? <laughs> but truthfully, the movie has a decent combination. I mean... Man, it's really hard to just give a B. It's a B film, like straight oh, yeah. through, like yeah. to the max. It's a big budget B film. Yeah, big budget B film that has a star that's likable. I think everybody likes Jason Statham. I just like that he. I was like, he did this film because he was a pro diver, right? That that's why he could swim. Well, he knows I'm pretty how to sure these water. Chinese guys that's paid him, bro. Right. Oh yeah, that's the truth. It's Chinese like fucking finance to the max. That's why you like Bing Bing Lee's in it and stuff like that. She's a really yeah. popular Chinese actress. Yeah. And a huge set piece is actually like in China too. Oh yeah, it's oh, yeah. right, right off, off the, the short yeah. Taiwan or something, right? That's yep. not a real country in the Ch- uh, and not recognized by the United States. Just want to throw that out there. Okay, thanks for getting political. <laughs> um, the effects were decent in the movie for the most part. It didn't ever look too bad, I think. Um, once again, me and Mikey saw it in IMAX, so I actually jumped a couple times because <laughs> I'm a wuss, and Mikey Jesus. can tell you that I I generally got scared a couple times. I mean, because it's a jump scare only. Well, we've seen you at an amusement park, so we're not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Damn. I, I think that uh, the effects held up. 
they weren't and there were some parts where I was like, yeah, it looks kind of bad, but you know, it's it, it's a I don't think the movie was trying to really surprise us or impress us with the special yeah, effects. Like Mike, how did you think it was worth it in IMAX? Uh, probably not. Yeah, I, truthfully, I don't think you have to see it in IMAX. But I, I, I will say that the detail of the shark, where like his its fin was all beat up, bad, and, right? and it didn't look like in a pristine shape, but I was, it, it looked realistic it to, looked enough for me to be like, wow, that looks like a real shark, only much much bigger and exaggerated, yes. but all right, just mega. Yeah, <laughs> like a megalodon. I, I see God. what you did there. I Wait see what you did there. The damn sharks are real. Um. So what did you guys think overall? Like best part of the movie, worst part of the movie? Then Nabil. Um, honestly, I thought that the little girl, uh, Suyin's daughter, was probably like the best part of the film. Her acting skills were on point. I was impressed. Ming. Yeah, she was. She was. She was adorable. Wasn't she, she was a little cute girl. She was her. Didn't she, she come off though at first? Like, gosh, she's gonna be funny. Yeah, as fuck. that's what I thought it was gonna be. But they actually used her pretty well, which oh, they like, don't usually do for a kid character. Like she talks like an adult. <laughs> Truthfully, she does, right? She was. she was essentially the comic relief in that film, which I thought was which is weird when you have a movie with Rain Wilson. Yeah, I was like, oh, exactly. that's weird. Okay. Um, worst parts of the film, you know, when when it's a, a film like this, you can't really call anything bad when it's made to be bad. Um, what? So, <laughs> I was kidding. I won't. I won't say there's anything <laughs> terrible. I I will say the one premise that I thought was just ridiculous. Like, oh, we hit. Well, okay. I don't want. I don't want to spoil it, so I won't spoil say it. Uh, yeah, spoil it. Later, section. But there's there's a scene about how the megalodon um, actually comes up to to like the I, the main part I of the agree world as well. And I I'm like pseudoscience. Yeah, mumbo I'm jumbo. like, okay, guys, <laughs> you're you're stretching this a little bit. <laughs> Such bullshit. Yeah. She's like, okay. I loved it though. I loved what about you, Mikey? Uh, yeah, no, I just liked how it kind of took. Uh, like what other films, other shark films did, like the Sharknado and stuff like that. It kind of took those and like made jokes about it and kind of made it a little bit better in this one. Yeah. Uh, are we doing spoilers or? Are we, doing- we will jump into a spoiler section okay. afterwards. So there's some parts there where you're like expecting one thing to happen and then you do something else and then basically it happens anyways. So, yeah. you know. So it takes like a long route around to it, get to it, right? Right. So you're yeah. expecting it and then you don't get it and then you get it. So yeah. it just kind of. <laughs> It kind of made you think. It tries bit. to subvert expectations and fails yeah. miserably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. So that would be the part that you didn't like, basically, overall? Uh, well, I kind of liked it and didn't like it at the same <laughs> gotcha. time. So it's, it's, it's a, a good thing feeling. and a bad thing for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. What about you, Marco? I'd say the best part of it is actually seeing this in the trailer, but they extended it in the movie, and it's when the shark jumps out from over the water onto the ship. And That's it's like struggling to get the fuck <laughs> off the shit. And I was just dying. I was, I was like, like, holy shit, is it stuck? <laughs> I was like, it's it's a CG shark. How can it get stuck? <laughs> I was like, is, is the rendering off? <laughs> oh. But I loved the shit out of that scene because I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. I was expecting it to just jump out like Free Willy style and just <laughs> right. like crash back down onto the water but that didn't happen so i love that uh what didn't work uh jason statham doesn't give me my fucking underwater spin kick right i was i was super that too. disappointed there was a scene where it could have happened yeah. and the shark like gets stuck on a chain and it's like inches away from him and jason statham like just like looks back and you're like here it comes here it fucking comes and it doesn't happen i'm yeah, like come that was on 
you were basically like baiting us with it. Spin but... kick this bitch. <laughs> yeah, I was like, just do it once, right in the nose, but didn't happen. So that was my only nay. Everything else in this movie that's shitty, I mean, it's meant to be shitty. Right. It's yeah. so self-aware of itself. It's not even funny. And if you, for one instant, try to take this movie serious, and this probably this movie probably isn't for you. I'm, I'm just going to say that right now. You got to go in knowing that they know that this movie, like the premise sucks. They know that, that they're doing that intentionally. And you just got to keep telling yourself that. It tried to bait me a few times at the beginning where I'm like, oh, they're going to try to pretend to be serious. But no, it, it's just, you know, basic action bullshit. But yeah, that's yeah. my take on it. Nice. Uh, for me, I actually, I enjoyed most of the film, actually. Um, the mix of comedy and ac- uh, kind of action, actually. Yeah. Action slash horror worked pretty well. The pacing of the movie was not too bad. The only thing that I have a gripe with is the character interactions between, um, like, Suyin and Jonas are totally unbelievable. No. It's so weird <laughs> that they try to imply that something's going on, yet nothing ever happens. No. no. And then even, like, uh, Mei Ying is like, my mom like you. And, mm-hmm. like, it's just fucking weird, right? Because it never works. And then he has his ex-wife even like, you should go for it. All right. And I was like, what the it, it f- makes the fuck is going on here? Kind of forced this exposition <laughs> it, on it makes the romance in Attack of the Clones look a lot Fucking more pro, dude. Which, yeah. you know, technically it is, but... Okay. But I did, I did like the. They did do a lot of subtle Jaws references in it, which I kind of like appreciated. Moving into that, then, uh, how would you guys stack this up against other shark films? Um, starting with you, Mikey. Uh, well, first I mean, is, do you like shark movies? I know Nabil here is a hater, so <laughs> what about you? I, I'm with uh, with Marco on this one. Uh, I watched all the Sharknados. Okay. Sharktopus, Piranhas, which I actually associate this movie a lot with Piranhas. It's very close, right? Yeah, yeah I agree too. Super close with that one, so, especially the remake. Yeah, similar yeah. premise. So it's uh, you know I like those films and I like this film. It's I just fit like it fit right inside the. Other so ones. you're telling me if you could ride a shark into work, you would absolutely. Oh my god, he's like street sharks. Uh, uh, <laughs> is my favorite cartoon. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, the motorcycles! Yeah, they just have a big head. Yeah, the one that Vin Diesel actually, I think, advertised toys for. Hey, back hey man, Jossum, Jossum. <laughs> Sorry, Mikey. Um, that's awesome though. So, how would you stack it against other shark films, though? Uh, as far as quality goes, I think this is like uh, Marco was saying earlier. It's uh, it knows what it is, and it kind of plays towards that. And so, because it knows what it is, and it kind of goes towards that, it. it it makes it a better film, a better quality film compared to the other ones because the other ones kind of uh, hide that. Yeah. So I thought, I thought it was better than the average one, I should say. Okay. Uh, what about you, Nabil? I'll call it the king of the campy films. The, oh, wow. The campy okay. shark films. I, out of the one, I've seen a few of the Sharknados. Um, I have not seen the Sharktopus, but I've seen Piranha. Um, I'd say out of, of those kind of films, it's definitely not something that's like above Jaws or something, but... Um, as far as being self-aware and campy, yeah, it's probably at least the best executed one because just production value, uh, value and the the process, thought process they put behind the film to kind of give it some brevity, um, what little they could do with it. I mean, it was good. Yeah, I haven't seen any. Like I said, I haven't seen any of the Sharknado, so I can't. I it looks better than those, obviously. It is, and it it tr- tends to try to almost take itself slightly a little more serious from the look of it, just going off of um, commercial and such. I think. It's definitely no Jaws. It is, 
I think it's better than Deep Blue Sea. I think it is better pacing than 47 meters down. I don't think it's as good as The Shallows, which I think is a pretty solid shark film. Different type of film, though. Yeah. Different type of film, especially, but I mean, we're, we're just associating things that swim in the water. So, I mean, I could be like, and then Flipper is a little bit different, too. Cause, what about Free Willy? Yeah, Free Willy killed three kids. Um, so, overall, I it's pretty high up there, for especially campiness, definitely. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Marco? Uh, I don't think this movie can surpass the great uh, Deep Blue Sea. You can't beat that Samuel Jackson speech, okay? <laughs> oh, man. Have but, you guys seen uh, Deep Blue Sea recently? Yeah, I watched the it. The CG like, uh, does not hold ago. up, by the way. Oh, my no. God. When the shark turns its head at one point, I thought it was a cartoon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was no, like, oh, shit. I, I can only compare this movie probably to like the Piranha movies, Deep Blue Sea, and the Sharknado movies. I can't really use Jaws as a reference or no. even... Oh, maybe forty-seven meters down because I mean that movie is really shitty. But I mean, well, Jaws, actually, Jaws in the we're shallows, not sure forty-seven meters down. Yeah, that's, that's true. We had another incident in that theater too. But um, it's no open water. Yeah, I, th- this movie, I, I, as far as the self-aware like shitty B movies, I think it's pretty good and it's up there. It's enjoyable. It's fun. You can just turn your brain off and just watch the events unravel. Um, even though I don't really compare it to Jaws, it did have a lot of like subtle references, like the way they use the lights against the shark. They, they did that in Jaws 4. The way the shark attacks the underwater uh, exhibit is just like Jaws 3D. Uh, they, they, <laughs> the helicopter Jaws 2. Come on, I called oh, yeah. that. that was... Anyway, uh, just a bunch <laughs> of little subtle trailer. references. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, this is definitely happening. Yeah, so um, I think it's a decent, fun, like, movie that's that's it it's it's nothing to write home about you can it's a renter at best if you don't want to spend the money you can't uh, get movie the pass to work for that day <laughs> yeah if actually movie, still if movie pass, the Meg. yeah if movie pass has available which they don't or if you if your theater does a special on tuesdays like our local theater does a special five dollar tuesdays for for movie for regular movies all day um you can do that uh but yeah um I'd say it's, uh, yeah, the better quality of the, the shittier shark movies, if that makes sense. I still hold Jaws as one of the best shark movies ever. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone does. Yeah. And Bill's like, no, not really. <laughs> Jaws is really good. Now, Bill, uh, which, which we're shark gonna, hurt you? Tell, we're tell us. I need a bigger boat. Just never find them that interesting. Okay. Those oh. poor guys, leave them alone, man. They're not wow. hurting anybody. This guy. All right, let's move on to our spoiler section here. So uh, if you don't want to hear. Some slight spoilers. Truthfully, there's not too many spoilers here because spoiler. they reveal most of this movie. And even if you heard the spoilers, it wouldn't ruin the movie for you. So if you don't look at the timestamp for our outro, it'll hear what we are going to be reviewing next. All right. So spoiler wise here. Uh, so the. I want to talk about two main things here. So the so bad it's good mentality, the film. Nabil, you were almost kind of hinting at it about the them talking about the way the Megalodon came out of the somewhat crust of the earth, I guess. That's bullshit. Um, That's not the deepest point. Did it work for you overall? That like how crazy the movie gets. It was a very original take on uh, what they were trying to accomplish. How did the Megalodon come out? It wasn't just some kind of random deep blue sea, you know. 
arrived out of nowhere or some weird science experiment. It was just. Did like, you like how they glossed over kind of how it came out? It's just basically a computer monitor. Yeah, like, it was here it and now not, and now it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? What you know? What I thought <laughs> we just was, opened up a portal. Yeah. You know what I thought was really terrible ch- about this whole thing was the the ship that you see them going in way underneath you know to the sub-zero temperatures and then get into that it looked like it took so much money and so much time to make that ship work that they got down there and it's like oh we get to see this new place that's never been discovered and then once that ship was uh, in jeopardy they had two other very mobile very agile ships that could go right down no problem and go ahead and save them and like the other like one was, was an explorer thing. in a bill yeah, listen you, so you had all these ships ready. This is the first time you're doing it. It's like, oh no, you can't think too deep about it, Nabil. Nabil, I need you to take weird. two steps back from this one, buddy. <laughs> Whoa, buddy. But like I said, it gave him a, a reason to bring it up over there uh, and get the, sh- the sharks out. And I got confused when I found out that there were two sharks because I was like, wait a minute. Actually, that I like that little twist. That by the way, small compared to what you guys were really going after. Did you guys like that twist, though? Yeah, I was like, okay, there's I like two that. sharks. I actually thought there was going to be three at the end. So did Same. I. Same. Yeah, I was like, oh, don't tell me there's a fucking third one. I kind of wish there was. I was like, oh, there's a Meg, too. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking was going to happen. Yeah, I thought when they said Finn at the end, mm. that there was another one going to be like Yeah, right. I was like, no. They, or like it. the Jaws were going to come and eat the letters. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I could it. see yeah. that. Yeah. Um... Did those little ships look like A-Wings to you, by the way? Yes. <laughs> yes, they did. Oh, my yes, God, yes. I was like, it's a fucking A-Wing fighter. Yeah, I was like, oh, these are pretty sleek. We're nerds, we know. Okay. And, and it actually reminded me a little bit of the Naboo. Uh, Starfighter. Like, yeah. Not Starfighter, just like the little Gungan <laughs> craft. Yeah. He's yeah. going home. Yeah. Sorry. All right. I I'll believe stop. it's called the Udabunga, but whatever. I don't know. I just, you know. <laughs> just a guess. Mikey, what about you? Did, did, uh, <laughs> did uh, all the bad exposition in the movie work for you? Uh, yeah. And I, what was I your favorite terrible line or part? That's what I want to get to. Well, my favorite line or part. I don't really have a favorite line, but uh, my favorite part's like just the vast beach scene. Oh, that's pretty I cool. just like those in all those shark movies. I don't yeah, know that's why. pretty cool. Yeah. But it's just like he's like rolling through and like all the docks are like stacking up. And Did he actually kill place. anyone during that moment? Oh, At, yeah. Then he chomped awesome. on a couple people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just a few. They were, <clears throat> they were very uh, limited as far as like how many people died there, which is weird. Because that shark could have swallowed like half of those people whole. I really wanted him to like just do that. Basically. Yeah. Like open his mouth and like 10 people All fly inside, in. And yeah. then oh, that would have been kind of scary. So he doesn't actually have to bite him in half. He just swallows them whole. I thought it was a really creepy scene when um, she's stuck in the cage and she's like going inside of him. Like, because he's technically trying to swallow the entire like glass housing of the shark thing. I was like, that's kind of, that's even scarier to yeah, right. about it. Because you're looking inside. I mean, it's all fake, but it's, I mean, it's like going inside a sarlacc. Basically, right? <laughs> well, I mean, she even says it in the movie too, right? She's like, like, she's like, it's swallowing me. It's swallowing the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. and then she's all like falling in. So, what about you, Marco? Was it? I mean, like you've already said it pretty much works. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it, I mean, you and I both. I think the the explanation for how the the Megs got to <laughs> our part of the ocean was like just perfect i was like of course <laughs> of course you're gonna gloss it over with some bullshit made up science crap so that everyone's just gonna believe because and it's on a fancy computer the screen. shark just like stares at the girl in the trailer too right. and yeah, i yeah. was like man that's just kind of creepy mm-hmm. also <laughs> very not like it no <laughs> no my uh my my favorite line like, though uh comes uh from uh was uh Ming is the doctor that which one? Suyin, the girl? No, no, the older one, her mom. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, uh, 
Suyin. Suyin. Okay, so she's about to go down there in the submarine, and she just like is like, I know sharks. <laughs> like <laughs> she's makes, trying to reassure herself. It makes no sense why she continues on afterwards when they like come back. She's like, No, I have to do this. I'm like, mm, I'm pretty sure you yeah. just flew out to get a guy that's supposed to grab these people. She, yeah. she keeps repeating how much she knows about sharks. It's like we we get it, we get it. You know sharks. Also, you but, know, Jason Statham was a drunk, and then. And then he he, he, said that. Up. he was real sober. He's like, he only said that because I have a beer. I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah. I guess. Mm, I guess that's really the reason why. Mm. It's the ocean, bro. It sobers you up. I thought every scene with uh, Jason Statham and then he's talking to Dr. Heller was fucking hilarious, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Dude, they have this animosity toward each other that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Because yep. technically, in the beginning of the film, if he hadn't left, they would have actually oh, all yeah, died. Yeah. Also, the, plane, the ship, the uh, submarine exploded. Yeah. You could hear the explosion. Literally like, two like, seconds as, after they left, right? It's not like he just no, left them to die. It nobody mentions that. Yeah. Nobody like, mentions oh, that. Oh, I guess you leave our friends behind. I'm like, two guys, bro? <laughs> you know what I mean? It exploded. You heard it. Yeah. And his fucking story of it is just hilarious. He's like, I left my two friends behind to die. I'm like, well, yeah, once again, you kind of had to, right? Yeah. And then Dr. Heller is just such a dick to him. When he comes back to it's just so corny. It's I loved it, though. And then he decides to sacrifice himself. And I was like, oh, he's got a heart of gold. He's a nice guy. He's like, <laughs> well, he kind of warms up to him in a minute. Like, a couple of scenes. He's like, I, I, was, him. I was wrong. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, God, I love this shit. <laughs> and this is a scene where he's just, like, fucking taking a shower and he's out there. It's just so weird. Yeah, fucking uh, Jonas is talking to Sui and she just walks in on him and says, okay, that's weird. And then you just notice for a guy that's been drinking alcohol every single day, Jason Statham is beyond fucking yoked, right? I said the same thing. I was like, there's no way. I even told Mikey, I said, watch, they're going to have a shot of him somehow and he's just going to be yoked. Even though technically he's been out of work for five years. And just drinking. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's that's what beer does for you, man. And he just comes out and and he's glistening. Okay, so last thing here, guys. I, for once, just want to bring a fact that I actually think the movie worked by not being rated R. It was actually still pretty violent. Especially the scene where they're climbing onto that dead well. Uh, What was his name? Morris, the CEO. That was disgusting. Well, the thing is, too, is like, what would a rated R bring? Not really. Just more blood, maybe? more blood. More more cursing. Maybe people died in the beach. Like, maybe nudity. You know how they would just randomly add, like, a sex scene? I mean, it worked by not having that stuff. It reduces their audience, too, because you have, like, younger teens that could see this and have fun with this movie as well. Because most of the Sharknado movies, like, aim at that audience as well, too. So... I yeah. think that it was a smart move to make it PG thirteen, and I I agree with James. It, like, I don't think it, it actually, took away. Yeah, I don't. I think we all agree. Probably it didn't like take away from anything. No, no, no. I think it's a, it. It may have probably reduced the amount of people the shark killed. That's about it. But maybe. like maybe more people would have died in that beach scene if it was rated R. But uh, it I don't think would have been a glorious scene in that film. Yeah, and I, I part of it. Yeah, and the whole ocean is red. <laughs> I know. And like there's just a bunch of bodies. He's like, like someone asked for Thai food, needed, right? Okay, awesome. Uh, last thing, guys. Uh, who would you recommend this one to? Or if you don't recommend it, what's a? It's, I mean, I'm looking at you, Nabil. I know you are. <laughs> it's a popcorn film. It's a good summer movie. I'm not gonna lie. Um, if you're looking for just something to be mindless and just to have a, that's having fun with itself and you know with the audience as well, why not give it a shot to watch? Um, especially since it's been really hot outside. It's it's nice to go and kind of just. <laughs> See something crazy where you're like, like, you know what? I don't want to go into cool. the ocean. It made no. me feel cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Mikey? Yeah, I mean, I'd recommend to anybody that watches those sci-fi kind of shark movies. Um, definitely, if you're seeing those, you know, if you just like movies in general, just are not going to take it serious, 
then you'll be fine with this movie. So anybody that's not going to take it serious. Nice. Marco? I agree with Mikey. If you ever wondered what one of those sci-fi B-movies ever looked like with a big Hollywood budget and starring Jason Jason Statham, then this movie is for you. I was like, who's, who's that? <laughs> so I was like, that's me, bro. Someone's listening to this right now. Oh, my God. I need to, I need to leave my job. Um, it's a fun film, popcorn film. Uh, see it on matinee or check it out when it hits Redbox um, since, you know, movie passes. Practically unusable. Uh, unless you guys sit in me, then go ahead and use one of those. Um, fun film. Does not take itself seriously at all. It has some funny moments, cool action scenes, some kind of creepy parts. And I don't know, like you said, self-aware uh, B-film that does a pretty good job. All right, guys. So that is the end of our podcast, podcast number 29. We want to thank everybody for listening here. And uh, once again, giving us feedback, response, reviews. Uh, let us know what your favorite shark films are. Um, tell us how Mikey did. Go ahead. Rate them. Yeah. Make them feel bad. And thank I'm our guests, too. Great. Mike, thank for thank you for being on this episode with us. We yes. really appreciate you being here. Definitely, as our first uh, guest, I think you did a pretty good job. To tell you the truth, uh, once again, we're grateful for you creating our logo. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can uh, reach us on Facebook and Twitter. You guys can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/moviepalspod or tweet at us at moviepalspod. Again, like James said, give us feedback, give us recommendations. Uh, if you do happen to listen to us on, our, our, on any of our mediums like iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, please hit that subscription button and uh, subscribe to us. Yeah. And definitely leave us a review. We really need more of those. Uh, let us know your thoughts. You can even give us feedback there. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, uh, who you want to shut up more, whether it's me, Nabil, or James. Um, or overall, just uh, send us your love. And we'll listen to you. By the way, we need to announce our Mission Impossible giveaway that we talked about last week. Uh, for anybody sharing, liking the video, you were in thrown into like a random raffle here, aka we just picked you out of a hat, pretty much. So, I shared it six times, so I'm crossing my fingers. <laughs> come on, <laughs> like, come on, you son of a bitch. Uh, so we actually we have two winners here today. I'm going to announce them. Uh, the following winners are going to be winning a digital copy of mission impossible rogue nation all right so the winner is allison at i can has ali from twitter and then we also from facebook so we did one from twitter one from facebook facebook winner was david wong so congratulations we will be reaching out to you two directly with the digital code congratulations great job good job guys okay so next time guys for our big episode 30 three oh we're so old all right, for episode 30, we will be reviewing the somewhat Muppet film, The Happy Time Murders. So stay tuned. Until next time, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And Mike. Have a good one. George is like, well, then Jar Jar comes by. Oh, wait a minute. What movie? <laughs> oh. Me so save you, Dr. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking combination of Short Round and Jar Jar. Oh, my God. I would wow. die. <laughs> we're cutting that out. I would. Actually, I like you. <laughs> no, no, we're cutting that shit out. <laughs> Whoa. That's Keanu, That's Keanu Reeves, Reeves bro. Reeves, yeah. I know. Fuck. we got to cut out most of that. Right, let's start over. <laughs>